Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host, Andy, Nate, and Micah. What's going on, guys? I don't know. What's going on, brother? I don't know. I just, I just had the most out-of-body experience in my life the last hour. We talked about gators I, yeah, and wolves. I, it's, it might be one of my favorite podcasts we've actually done. <laughs> Truth. It, it started like, out way different than I thought it was going to start out. It was out. different than when it, like it was going through my mind. That oh, was different. 100%. <laughs> yeah. In a great way. That is not what I expected. When I, when I came down here and hopped on the podcast, there was zero expectation of what happened. happened. <laughs> hey, you guys want to hear about this gator about kill me? What? <laughs> oh, yeah, this gator is walking on its hind legs trying to chase a horse. Like, what the freaking hell is going on? I love it. Teddy Roosevelt's telling me to quit being a bitch and come on. Like, what is going on in my life? That is not what the quote was about. I, 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 I think it pretty in, much said that. <laughs> I think that's pretty much what Teddy Roosevelt was trying to get at. No, I don't think... It was. You know no, what no, no, video no. clip I'm talking about? That that, that that's that dude. Yeah, like, yeah. Quit being a bitch. Come I on. I know exactly <laughs> what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Pretty sure I nailed that verbatim, but it could be a little off. We'll see. I, Anyways, I, I think you're trying too hard right now. <laughs> on today's show, we have returning guests, friend of the show, just a stand-up dude all around, Big Al Morrison from Fox Pro. It's Big Al Morris, first off. Morris. <laughs> Morris. But you got it. You got yeah. close. Yeah. Fox Pro's Big Al comes on and freaking gives us the tales of the chase of a life. And I hope if our listeners haven't heard Big Al tell a story, they will listen through this whole thing because he is one of the best storytellers I think we've ever had on and that I've listened to. Like the pictures he paints in his stories, you feel like you're sitting right next to him. Yeah. Yep. And and we go through all kinds of different stuff. We talk about a gator. Um, we talk about the people trying to take our hunting rights for a while. We go off into a rabbit hole towards the end of this and talk about that. We talk about obviously the, um, the wolf. The one thing that we didn't cover that it's, we've kind of been covering is what the worst caliber to hunt coyotes is. Oh, I know man. this wasn't a well, technically and, and, a coyote hunt. Or, you know, about coyotes, yep. but we definitely should have. And Big Al probably wouldn't have answered 223 either. Because no. he's, he's a shooter no, of he, the 223. he shoots 223 a lot. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. I was, and I thought about that during the podcast, but then, you know, all hell broke loose. Yeah, I mean, he kind of <laughs> touched on it for the wolf, but. Yeah, definitely you know, for the wolf. calibers in general, but. Yeah, but uh, so next time we need to remember to ask him that question. Definitely, definitely. So, yep. Yeah, let's stop into our sponsors real quick. <laughs> Excuse me. Before we uh, get into this crazy ass show, that is just the most fun I've ever had. Um, <laughs> Weber Outfitters, give them a call over at Hawk Point. Um, gosh, I, I don't even know how to talk about archery right now. Oh, he killed the freaking gator with a bow. I mean, yeah. <laughs> In case you want to go gator hunting uh, with your bow, you can yeah. go get one from Weber Outfitters get from over there at Weber and and. Uh, Tell them you're going gator hunting and you need that special bow for that, and uh, they'll have it. That's uh, that's crazy. Um, WeberOutfitters.com, Athon Optics. Uh, we've all been using uh, our Chronos Thermal a lot lately, um, just because in Missouri we yep. only get eight weeks, you know, to do that night stuff, and so we've been doing it, you know, a good bit. Although I feel more tired this year than I did last year. I feel like, like I feel like it's taking me a day or two. You're old. Yeah, I I, I guess. But it's only one year difference, and man, I'm it's hitting me a little bit. Um, but we had a hell of a one here. We had a hell of a night the other night, and 
you know, I still I got home at like twelve thirty, and I was like, I I think I could have stayed out later tonight, but. Yeah, whenever it's going good, it's kind of hard to pack it in. Yeah, it, you know? it really is. Me and, uh, yeah, I've been out a handful of times. Finally, the the I've killed some dogs, and so it's feeling pretty good. I went out tonight and had a dry set, but, uh, you know, those are going to happen. Yeah, just uh, just one. Yeah, but, just one. Um, yeah, I think we all, like, um, I finally got one on video, which was nice because I've been failing to hit do the record. that. And so yeah. I finally hit the record button and. Got it on video. Um, we've all kind of gotten dialed in, in with our new thermals. Because, you know, this year is all three of us switched over to our Athlon Kronos Thermo. So we're all using a new new item for us. Uh, the years prior, Andy had a Pulsar. Um, and I had an iRay that we used for two years prior to that that, you know, we had gotten super used to. And so when you make a change... Yep. Sometimes it takes you a moment to, used to. I, just get no. used to, you know. I mean, it's just it's just time behind it, honestly. That and that and me personally, like thermal shooting. One, I'm standing up, and that's just different for me. I'm normally sitting, sitting in a chair right. with a tripod anchored, um, or you know, something of that nature. And and I'm learning I'm not as great of a shot as I uh, would like to be standing up with well, a tripod. I don't think so. there's a single person um, out so there. Definitely that would skill say that. assessment. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely some skill assessment uh, happening for myself anyway in that nature. But uh, yeah. I, yeah, Athlon's been great. Yeah, uh, you know, for it the has. price, you can't you can't beat, you can't the, beat it. the quality. And even Mike, I mean, he, you know, this is his his first thermal, but he's never used that before. No, so. it's always, and I mean, I've, I don't know, I've always had a different one almost every time I went out last year. So yeah, that's it's, true. It's nice to have my own, and you know get used get, to it yeah get yeah. it the way, get it set up the way i want it you know that sort of thing <clears throat> so check them out it's not too late to grab you one athlon optics find a dealer near you uh jesse over at explicit outdoors weber outfitters both great dealers for athlon by the way <clears throat> and if you don't remember just get a hold of us we can get you in contact with one of them on x use our code mww20 for 20 percent off uh we've been dropping pins to each other like wildfire the last couple weeks, I dropped you three oh, today. You dropped me three today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike is not getting Mike is not getting any pens. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means. What you? Do I see your comment on Facebook. That was a joke. What happened? You didn't see that? Uh-uh. Still so, not getting pens. So our buddy Calder uh-huh. uh posted. He was just sharing a house that was for sale around our area, and I was like, "Hey, you should buy that." Okay. And uh, he's like, oh, no, I'm just sharing it for everybody. I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. You can start hunting Andy's stuff. You know, it's no big deal, something like that. And he said something along the lines of, that was rude, or that's rude. And I was like, well, I've been dropping pins every time I hunt with him and <laughs> in hopes to get them from him. And I said something perverted. And, uh, yeah. But you know. Basically, Micah admitted to trying to backdoor me on my hunting spots. You know, yeah. No big deal. Most but I've never done that. So untrustworthy. Yeah. Typical. 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 I mean, I don't think that's typical at all. But typical I mean. Winstead. Jeez. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> Camel, Any, anyways. Camel fire. Hop on that app um, while you're pooping and find your stuff. It's, it's a good time for that. Lots of good deals going on right I, now. I did that this morning. Yep. Um, Rick Ham Tuesday. <laughs> nope. Black Ovis. Well, no, no, no. no you go ahead. This, you go ahead and look walk. it up. I'm gonna read the next one. Black Ovis. Use the code MWW10. Uh, get yourself 10 percent off. Um, I was on there the other day. What was I looking at? 
I can't remember, but uh, lots of good stuff. I, oh, yeah, it was pants. I need to get some more pants. So I was looking at – I really like – I got some Black Ovis shorts. No one's going to be able to see that. And they're awesome. Dude, so I was going to get some of those pants. I got pants. some Black Ovis pants on now. They're comfortable as shit. Yeah, those were those were the ones I was looking Do you remember the name of them? Because those were the ones that I, I wanted. They're like a little bit thicker, not like their summer pants. They're and so, almost kind of like Carhartt pants, but they're right. a little bit lighter. Yeah. In those? Yeah. 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 I, I want to get a pair of those. Funny you should say that because guess what's all over Camo Fire today, other than trail cameras? Black Ovis gear. Nice. So, <laughs> need to hop on there, order me a pair too. So, Huntworth Gear, use the code MWW15, get yourself 15% off. I'm rocking my Heat Boost hoodie right now. That's new for this year. Yeah. Yep. Super comfortable. It's, I mean, I love it because what was the other hoodie? Shelton. The Shelton. Yeah, it's just one Shelton. less thing you got to wear. Yeah. The yeah. Shelton is great for, you know, the mid-season. This puts you well into winter. You you add a vest onto this, I mean, you can, yep. you know, go through some cold weather and you're going to be just fine. For sure. So, Alps Outdoors, use our code 2024-WOODSWATER for 30% off. Alps is a huge supporter, by the way, of, of all kinds of uh, companies out, not companies, organizations that support the outdoors because in our show we talk about people who don't support us in the outdoors right right uh alps is one that does um they are behind hunters 100 percent, and we couldn't appreciate them more for it yep Zamerland boots i uh, just got asked the other day what pair of boots i was wearing when we were hunting by a buddy and told him about them and i've had i think this is year three with those same boots and i love them i've got two other pair of boots of Zamberlands that i love but that boa system, I'm to the point now where see, I, I like I'm my like, Bel, I like my Beltoros better than I like my your Lynxes. Yeah, than my Lynx. Yeah, and but I I just the boa system is I, I rock these shoes year round, and they're still I remember what those Salates. Yeah, Salates. I got yeah. the little Salates, man. Those are year round. Yeah. I wear yeah. those on the farm every time I go. Mm-hmm. Yep, great for work. So uh, Habitat Works. Give our buddy Dustin a call. I cut off his number here. Um, I can get it real quick. 816-752-7390 or shoot them an email, habitatworksllcgmail at gmail.com. <clears throat> uh, free consultations going on, by the way, with him. He was just out doing something the other day on his Instagram. By the way, give him a follow on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Just search, ha- search Habitat Works LLC and you'll find him. He's he's a, a fun follow because it's stuff that is interesting to me that i don't know anything about really yeah you know when when he talks about this stuff and then finally reveal cameras by tacticam uh <clears throat> big al was talking about trail cams up in alberta and catching these giant black wolves and um i don't know i would shit myself if just one of my cameras picked up a wolf you know what i'm saying like can you imagine so my late german shepherd in missouri yeah i would yeah. be a little worried can you imagine so my late german shepherd trigger weighed 95 pounds 90 to 95 pounds. That is one of the smaller wolves he was after up there. That size. Mm-hmm. 90 to 130-ish, I think he was saying. or that, that, I think that's Yellowstone ones. But still, can you imagine a wolf the size of my dog? <laughs> he said the biggest. <laughs> walking yeah. through. Like, oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's the sponsors. That's all of them. <laughs> all righty. Let's get into the show with uh, Big Al with Fox Pro. Let's do it. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast.
All right. With us tonight, we got returning guest, friend of the show, Big Al Morris. What's up, buddy? What's going on with you guys? Nothing. Just trying to live our best lives. (laughs) Well, that's that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's four of us on this call, and only one of us has killed a wolf. I know that. Well, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, no. Hey, guys, it's been a lifelong goal, and uh, it hasn't been easy. But, uh, you know, I guess when you have those challenges and you set a goal for yourself and then you achieve it, it just it it makes it a high achievement when you can uh, uh, suffer through some adversity and then come out on top. Uh, you know, guys, my favorite quote is that a quote of uh, uh, Roosevelt, the, the man in the arena. Have you guys seen that quote? Um, if sounds- you haven't seen that quote, look it up. Because it's a great quote, and I live my life by that quote. A man in the arena? So, I had to have yeah. heard it before. I'm sure. Yep. I'm going to look it Teddy up. Roosevelt's, I'm sure. Teddy Roosevelt's man in the arena. Go ahead. One of you pull it up there on your phone. I'm on my phone, or I'd pull it up for you. Yep. Um, Teddy Roosevelt. You got it. Oh, I'm almost there. If I could spell Roosevelt arena. the right way. <laughs> Roosevelt. couple O's. Oh, it's a pretty long saying. Yeah, but go ahead. Just I'm, crack I'm, it off there. Okay, I'm going to. It is not. Don't want Mike to do it. Am I yeah. starting this correctly, Al? It is not yeah. the critic who yeah. counts. Yep, that's uh, okay. it. Okay, let me start then. Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Isn't that a great quote? That's awesome. That is. I think basically what he's saying is don't be a pussy. Right? (laughs) Did I get that right? (laughs) No, I mean, high achievement. (laughs) uh, If you never reach for the stars, gentlemen, you'll never touch them. And uh, why would you want to hang out with somebody that would never take that chance and reach for those stars? I don't know. There's so many angles you can take on that quote. Yeah. Um, well, I'm only 5'7", yeah. so I don't know if I'll ever get on but. <laughs> Yeah, but no. I can tell you the toughest man I ever wrestled with or fought was 5'7", about 160 pounds. He whooped my butt. That was me. Upside down and backwards. You remember we, we met you at ATA two years ago. You gave me a great big bear hug, and I think I got you to the ground pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, it's your story. I'm just living it. So. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, you have We're been used to it, Al. We're you've been busy, it. man, yeah. haven't you? Talk to me again. What did you say? I said, speaking of which, you have been busy. Yeah, no, it's that time of year. I, uh, we went and filmed in New Mexico. Learned some great, I mean, here I am, 57 years old, hunted coyotes since uh, me and Brian Trussell were on that hunt in New Mexico, and Brian was telling me he killed his first gray fox in 1976. He had to be seven or eight. And I killed my first coyote in 1978. I was 12. So uh, me and Brian Trussell are out there in New Mexico hunting together with all those years of experience hunting coyotes and fox and, and calling. 
and I learned some new things out there in New Mexico. I uh, uh, watched the female coyotes push in on the vocals and the males were pushing in on the distress. And it, it just, it was really cool. And then having adding those MFK sounds onto the, the Fox Pro library, um, there's no holes. If, if you have an X24 and the MFK library on top of the Fox Pro library and a diaphragm, there isn't any coyotes out there I can't call in. It's show season, so I had to go to Harrisburg here last week. But the week before Harrisburg, I went to Canada uh, and um, I shot a wolf. And uh, I can tell you all about that story, too. And, oh, and yeah. then uh, we've got some other adventures coming up uh, coming up Heck soon. Yeah. And uh, you guys, we had to struggle to find a time to get together oh, on this did. deal, didn't we? Yeah, and then I text, uh, I text Al oh, a couple days ago, and I'm like, hey, can we move it to Wednesday night? And then he's like, sure. And I'm like, crap, I forgot that's Valentine's Day. Yeah. Why don't we just push it back a little bit on Tuesday? Or I think I said something about Friday. You're like, oh, I'm on the road Friday. So. Uh, yeah, no, I got the Western. I got seminars at the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo this coming weekend in Salt Lake City. That's awesome. Um, nice. It's that, that, it's that expo where for five bucks, you guys could put in for all these 250 tags across the Utah and some of the Western United States and, uh, you know, for five bucks you can put in, but the problem is you have to validate. So you have to get your butt to Salt Lake and validate in person. But that makes it so if you have a booth there, um, it's about 70,000 of pretty intense uh, hunting and fishing people, but mostly hunting, coming to Salt Lake City this weekend. And uh, I get to showcase the ultimate predators, my, uh, what I name the uh, seminar I do. And uh, we talk a little about coyotes. We talk a lot about elk and and uh, I get to show my mountain goat. I get to show my gator that I called in a few years ago in Florida with the Fox Pros. And uh, it's just really cool. Whoa, 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 whoa. You whoa, called whoa. in oh, a gator? Yeah, yeah, Can you elaborate? I know we were about to talk about wolves <laughs> We're about in a to talk about wolves. But <laughs> if, we, you, we, if you could give us a quick rundown on how you called in a gator, that would be awesome. So have you ever heard baby gators and the sound they make? Ah, ah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guarantee you in July when they are mating – if you will play, if you'll put a Fox pro alongside a body of water, that's going, ah, 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 making that baby gator sound. The big male gators will come to eat them. Oh man. And then I have what? it all on. I have it all on video. Gentlemen, that gator comes into 18 yards. The guy, what, what the outfitter did not preface is that when you call the gator in, uh, he wanted me to kill this gator because it was eating calves. So it, he had some calves just come up missing. So he assumed it was this 11 foot gator, uh-huh. 10 and a half, 11 foot gator. And so he rides up to this pond and he sees these two smaller females. Now, if you measure from the tip of the nose to the eyeball and it's nine inches, that's a nine foot gator. If it's 10 inches, it's a 10 foot. If it's 11, it's 11. If it's 12, it's 12. You can pretty much tell how long the gator is. And he had two females in there and he saw one of the females was making a nest. So we knew he had a male in there. His dog went to get a drink out of the pond and this 11, 10 and a half, 11 foot gator comes rolling out of the pond after his dog trying to eat his dog. Oh, dang. So the dude pulls pulls his pistol out, shoots into the ground next to the gator. The gator stood up on his tail and come at him on the horse. So then he tried to rope no. the gator. He was going to drag him around. <laughs> and anyway, he tells the outfitter that we're going with, get in there and get somebody to shoot this gator. So the outfitter says, we're going to go call this gator in because he's got a nest in there. He's got two females that we know of for sure. 
So we set the Fox Pro on the edge of the bank. Me and the cameraman break down some reeds and some stuff. We've got this really nice opening, and we start, eh, eh, eh. And I look across, and I can see this nine-footer, and then I'm like, that one's right against the bank over there. And I looked, I leaned out and looked down the bank that I was sitting on, and here came a flat-bottom boat, it looked like to me, swimming up to us. It was that 10-and-a-half-foot gator. He got to 18 yards, and the outfitter was to my left about four feet. And he says, can you see him? And I said, yeah. And he goes, how far is he? And I went, 18 yards. And he said, Al, shoot, shoot now. And I said, no, Manny Puig. Manny Puig was there. He had that <laughs> savage, wild TV show on the Outdoor Channel for a few years. He said, put that arrow right in his neck, and he won't be able to stay down. With a The water will get in there next to his lungs, and he'll have to come up to breathe. And so I'm wait- the gator's head on to me, and I had to move my- it actually was coming in and I had to move my head so the camera could stay on it. And that sucker locked on to me and just stopped. And the outfitter goes, how far is he? And I said, 18 yards. He said, shoot, shoot now. And I go, why? He said, you will not get off your knee. If he charges, he will have you. And my cameraman looks at the guide and goes, what? <laughs> I said, I thought you shot this with a rifle. You're, you no, shot I've got my bow. 18 yards. Yeah. And and my cameraman, I said, Andrew, if this son bitch starts to eat me, you keep recording because it's going to be really good footage. <laughs> we're going to go viral. Both. Yeah, no, we're going to get we're going to get good video. So, anyway, is that out yet? What's that? Is that out yet? You know, it's a long story, but I use it for my seminars. It is not on YouTube. We're going to try and figure out how to put it on YouTube. Okay, That's crazy. So. If, if you could send that just to us, <laughs> I'd appreciate it. I got to see that. That sounds That's awesome. Crazy. I never would have well, thought. I shot, him, I shot him with the bow, and when he took off, I swear to you, it felt like a hippopotamus had just – I felt the whoosh air. Um, he's twirling in the string. And we went out, and the guy hooked him with a 100-pound test and a treble hook, and we couldn't get him off the bottoms. So Manny Puig just walks out there with a wounded gator – takes a big old grapple hook, throws it over him, hooks him, and then we pulled him in. Manny had this trident, a three-pronged trident with a wood handle. I freaking threw that into him, and then I was going to shoot him again with my bow, and Mike Dillon, the the head of Foxborough, yeah. walks up and hands me a forty-four Magnum and says, end this now. <laughs> and, and I pulled that forty-four Ruger Magnum out, and I've been watching Swamp People. I know where to shoot a gator now. <laughs> yep. But, and I put that 44 right there, and then I laid down next to him. He's way bigger than me. I thought he was, you know, he said he'd be 35, 40 years old. They did the, the DNR did a thing on, he was 58 years old. Holy jeez. Wow. 380, Dude, 380, 380 pounds. He really was. And I thought, oh, we're going to go call lizards. And now I have a whole new respect for calling dinosaurs in that have survived a lot longer than us. That's an adventure. Um, if you've never done it, do it. It is amazing. And uh, I wouldn't have for the world. Yeah. I don't know. But it's cool. I get to show footage of calling coyotes, you know, calling elk, calling uh, alligators. It's just, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. When I was about 23 years old, I, I, gra- I just graduated college and I went down to Miami to visit my cousin. And they took me out on the Everglades um, boogie boarding in the Everglades. And we go out there and yep. the water is black, like black. And Coffee. Yeah. Like coffee. And it was fun, and I'm, you know, doing my thing, and I, I finally figured it out. And then, you know, when you finally fall off and you're waiting for the boat to come around to pick you up, you're just like, huh. 
I really hope I'm there's not a freaking G- yeah. <laughs> like you're like, hurry the hell up, hurry the hell up, get over here. So two days later, Mike Dillon killed a twelve and a half footer. Jeez. And honestly, I think him and his brother Steve could have gone down the gullet at the same time, and that gator wouldn't even have felt them. They would have gone right inside that gator's gut, both of them, and you'd never see him again. So, did y'all get that one aged? Um. I think they did, but I never got the report back on it. It was over, probably over a hundred years old. Wow! Wow! That's crazy. That's just amazing. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm not even when sure. When they go to skinning some of those thirteen, fourteen footers that, that they've insane. killed, there is round ball. <laughs> there are muzzle or round balls from back, you know, when they settled that country in the late eighteen hundreds. Jeez. I don't so, even. What in the Western goat roping are you guys doing down in Florida? <laughs> I don't even know how to make the pivot from killing a gator to going to a wolf story here. This is this might be the most epic tales of the chase episode we've ever had. (laughs) No, it's it's, from from chasing gators to chasing wolves, guys. No, it it. I've always had the dream. I've always wanted to be considered a wolfer, and I think anybody that chases coyotes, uh, traps coyotes, uh, you know. Anybody that is in this pursuit can be technically called a wolfer. But I thought I always wanted to be a wolfer that actually hugged a wolf. And so last year at Harrisburg, this is a year ago exactly, I went and I had been looking at outfitters and I had not pulled the trigger on any. And and I wanted to go with an outfitter. And Tyler Sheary of Rogue Ventures is his 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 outfitter shtick, uh, Hunt Rogue. Um huntrogue.com or i can't remember his website i'll have to send you guys a link and maybe you can tag it or on this show or whatever but anyway i went and talked to him he said i'm kind of booked this year he said i might have an opening first of march towards the end of my season if you if if the wolves are hitting and and you're up for it maybe you can come up this year and i said i'm in i want to get this done so i booked the hunt i went up there and i hunted eight days and it's hard for me to explain. I mean, I would rather call him in, but his his shtick is to put out baits, and these wolves will come to the bait. And uh, he's highly successful. In the last five years, everyone has shot at a wolf, has seen a wolf to shoot. And in the five years, I was the only one who went and sat for eight days in sub-zero. And when I say sub-zero, I was in minus 20 uh, minus eight to minus 30 conditions for eight days and never saw a wolf, never heard a wolf. Oh, I, I, the, the last three days I started the Fox pro. I went through an entire battery on the Fox pro in those temperatures, uh, trying to call wolves in that condition. And it was just one of the most discouraging, hardest things. So you sit in a blind, it's a little box blind. It's not much taller then when I'm sitting, the top of the roof was only this. You have a little buddy heater in this little building trying to keep you alive. I was in a full, I would get there. And, you know, the first mor- the first thing in the morning is when they'd usually be on the baits, he said. So you got to kind of sneak in there. You want to be really highly alert. And if they're not on the bait, you get into the little hut. Um, you try to transition from the clothes you walked in on to get in those heater body suits and Anyway, I'm a little bigger feller, and uh, it was a large or extra large heater bodysuit, but I don't know who was the extra large or 
a large uh, heater bodysuit dude because it barely fit me <laughs> when I would get in that that heater bodysuit, and then I would have to try and get one of those lighters, one of those uh, heaters to light up, right? Because it was so it was it's an extreme weather hunt. It no matter what anybody tells you up in Alberta, central Alberta, just we were west of Edmonton, about an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours, whatever it is from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. It's an extreme weather hunt. And what's crazy is there you are staring, you're on a frozen lake. You're on the edge of a frozen lake and the, and they had his bait station out on the lake, but the wolves would use those open areas to cut through kind of a rendezvous site, uh, for wolves. And, uh, You've got to stay awake for eight hours, conscious for eight hours, and pay attention for eight hours. Have you guys, it would be like you two sitting in those chairs for eight hours staring at this computer monitor. And not falling right? asleep or, yeah. And not falling asleep, not dozing, not doing anything. So about day two, I remember, oh, I got the heater going. It's warm. It was 8.20. I looked down at my watch and I closed my eyes. When I woke up, it was like 9.40. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm like, oh, I, I berated myself. A wolf could have come out, fed for an hour, and left, and I would never have seen him. Right, right. You know, then I, 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 I've never berated myself so hard on a hunt. Yeah. And then to be unsuccessful, I wondered if one of those moments in time, by the end of the hunt, by the last three or four days of that eight-day hunt, he runs eight-day hunts, and uh, he's usually done a three, four, or five. If you look historically through his books, uh, most guys are done in three days. Most guys are done by five. Only a couple guys have gone the eight days, and only only two of us have ever gone back. And I hold the record now. <laughs> I hold the record at fourteen days. That's not a wolf. So it's it, 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 don't. Yeah, it's not a record that you wish you had. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying it's not a record that you wish no, you held. <laughs> no, not at all. So the last the last four days, I was conscious the entire time, um, fighting through that uh, monotony. Um, mentally, it's really tough. It's a tough hunt. You're alone. He doesn't even want me to have a cameraman there because all you do is talk. And he said the talking's too much noise, mm -hmm. and you can't have any you know music. You know only on Bluetooth or you know stuff like that. So I really learned a lot about myself in eight days. Um, what I can tolerate temperature wise. But at the end of the day, my goal was a wolf, and I did not achieve that goal. And uh, so he started his, you know, this, they didn't have a lot of snow this year. Mm -hmm. And so normally he starts around December 1st. Well, they didn't have any snow till January, and he didn't run his first hunt till um, mid-January. And so that guy goes up there in four days, got at eight wolves, missed. Oh, um, gosh. Missed five wolves, saw 16 wolves on the lake at one time on this one bait. Hmm. And he ended up killing three wolves. And uh, he's a big he's a big roller, and and Tyler didn't charge him anymore. Any, you know, you have the same opportunities as everybody else. And he said, boy, get up here. Um, I've got four other baits that haven't been hunted, and we're going to put you on them. So I buzz up there, and I'm looking as I'm driving up there, it's coming to the full moon. And you know what that last full moon was called, don't you? What's that? It was called the wolf moon. Oh. So I'm, go I'm going to Canada, and I get there, and it's a full yeah. moon. And sure enough, I go and sit four days on this bait that I sat last year when I was there. 
and not a single wolf showed up during daylight. They were all nocturnal because that full moon was shining. And they, I mean, they can see as good on a full moon as they can at noon right. on a on a sunny day. And Tyler had to go to the uh, Great American Outdoor Show in Pennsylvania because he has a booth there. <laughs> so he said, "I'm going to put you with my ace number one guide, Brandon. We're going to put you in that blind." And the Brandon's built and uh, Brandon had a cell phone uh, trail camera out and they didn't want to show me any pictures, The you know, and so I go and sit at the first day and nothing shows up. I'm still suffering, but the moon's going away now. Mm-hmm. And I've been there five days, um, all total eight, the last, you know, I've been there 13 days and hadn't seen a wolf or heard a wolf. And, uh, I get back to the truck and I had to, it was about a three mile snowmobile ride into that blind, but I was walking about 500 yards in. So there was no motor noise by this little lake that he had his stuff set on. I get back to the truck with him and his phone dings and he pulls up that cell phone trail camera and there's five wolves on the bait. I just left oh, 20 minutes ago. Jeez. So I am crushed. And then he starts showing me the trail camera pictures from Saturday uh, a few days before that, just five days before, there is a daylight picture of the biggest black wolf anybody had ever seen up there in that country. So if I'd have been sitting that bait Saturday with him instead of that other bait with Tyler, I'd have shot that wolf at 1030 in the morning when he was on that bait. But anyway, the next day he tells me, Brandon tells me, we've never hunted these wolves. They've never been hunted. You sit this blind, you're going to be there. So I didn't take much with me because of the hike in and the three mile, four mile, uh, snowmobile ride in there. And I walked in there and I sat that, that, uh, um, second or the sixth day of that hunt. Yeah. I sat there all day. Let me, and they're really sticklers on your entry, on your entry here. Yes, yes, sir. uh, I've been, I've been wanting to ask this question for a while now. So you take the snowmobile and you said you got a 500 yard walk or so, you know, from there. But it, he's, in riding, the, he's already got a snowmobile trail all the way to the lake or all the way sure, past the blind right. because they've been taking bait in there. So in the mornings, though, I'm, I'm guessing you're walking in the dark to get to that. Yes, sir. To that. Uh, On a house snowmobile trail. By yourself yeah. after yes, he sir. drops you off. Is there anything in the back of your mind going. Dear God, if these wolves are out on this bait right now, I'm literally a walking Sasquatch. You know, uh, no, I, 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 you know, you give me that Ruger, I ain't afraid of anything. <laughs> I, I'm I just saying, I would in, have a pucker factor of about 10 no, on that 500 yard walk. Anybody who says there isn't a little pucker factor by, you know, knowing that there's a group of wolves that could eat you, um, you're lying because <laughs> men have disappeared out there and they know it's because of them wolves. Sure. And, uh, but walking in the one day, I, the second day, I ran smack dab into a big old lynx. And really? in Alberta, you can only you can't shoot a lynx in Alberta. You can only trap them. Huh. So, oh. and I, I was thinking, oh my heck, I'm just going to say that uh, six five Creedmoor hole in the side of that lynx was a trap. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to, I've always wanted a lynx, but I thought that was a good omen. To be right. walking in, and there's a big old lynx, and, and that sucker let me walk up to him about 20 yards. He didn't know what I was. Wow. He and, was just uh, so confused. and I, he, I just think that he'd never seen a human. I think that sucker really? had never, yeah. 
didn't he didn't know what I, I think he just thought I was a moose or something you know he runs into that big stuff every day there's nothing else he's worried about but a wolf and he'll just climb a tree you know right right that's crazy well you so, probably look like a big old grizzly bear honestly all hunkered yeah, up with no, it. well i got the i got the beard going so yeah you know, <laughs> Oh, you know, wow. maybe he thought it was Santa Claus. Shit, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> He's like, he is real. <laughs> That's awesome. So anyway. That's a uh, wrong turn, dude. I thought that far north. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that dude before. Anyway, uh, no. So I'm walking in, and I sit down, and I go through another day. And this time, I did not miss a minute, not five seconds. I was, I mean, I, I counted ravens. I counted 162 ravens. At one time on one bait, jeez, um, five golden eagles and three bald eagles on a bait at the same time. And if you want to know the volume of of stuff that birds can eat, literally hundreds of pounds of the bait they put out goes to the birds. It was astonishing to me to see, but the noise, the sheer volume of fighting, and you know just the noise ravens make. And then one of them sounded like a Canadian goose. I'm looking for a goose, and then I realize it's a raven out there honking like a goose. <laughs> you know, it was it was crazy, and you know, just all the all the li- all the bird life and just everything that's going on around there. Um, it really is its own ecosystem up there in the brush in that in that brush veld of central Canada. And the wolves, the group of wolves I was hunting is the same group of wolves that they trapped back in 1998 to bring to Yellowstone National Park. It is the Canadian gray wolves they trapped and paid to, to uh, truck down to Yellowstone. And they released this same, the group of wolves I hunted is the same genetic, same group of wolves that they released into Yellowstone Park. So I thought that was cool too. Yeah, that is that I'm hunting the same group of wolves that, that they brought to Yellowstone all those years ago. But I sat another day. I'm looking at my watch. I have 15 minutes of light left and I'm trying to set the scene for you. I've already resigned myself. I'd already texted my wife early in the day. This is day six. I've only got two more days to hunt. And I just, I just don't think it's going to happen for me with the full moon. I'm going to have to reschedule when there's no moon. And mm-hmm. I'm doing all these thoughts in my mind. I'm going to be the longest guy in history that's hunted with Tyler that hasn't shot a wolf or seen a wolf to shoot. He just wanted me to see one to shoot. 15 minutes of light left. I'm wishing I'd have brought the Fox Pro. I would think cussing myself for being lazy, for not throwing the X-24 in my backpack to have it there in the blind with me. And I reached up, opened the plexiglass window on that blind. I stuck my face out and went i gave two of the biggest longest howls i could give and i closed that window up and i went (laughs) you are the loudest wolf caller i've ever heard and i'm sitting there for 10 minutes i'm in full attention i'm really trying to pay attention because i'm like if those wolves, they were there 20 minutes after I left the night before. If those wolves are even close, they may just run out there and see if there's other wolves on that. You know, it might be a territorial response. I don't know. 10 minutes goes by. I've got five minutes of light left. I remember grabbing my cell phone. I'm looking through pictures. Going to go to Facebook. Going to do all that stuff we do when we grab a stupid cell phone now. Yep. And I happen to look up. 
and there was three trees, three to five little scrubby trees. I could see the bait on the lake. I could see the lake to the right, but there was this little group of three or four trees that I couldn't see the lake through these little, the one little group of trees he didn't cut down. And I see a leg walk and I go, that's funny. The birds had left 20 minutes ago. And then I went, that has to be a wolf. And I went from this serene, I had resigned myself to failure again, another day of failure when it really dawned on me that that was a wolf walking that I could not see, but the leg moved through the trees and it went from peaceful serene to Chinese fire drill meets Jojo <laughs> the circus boy. I really went ultra. My heart raced. I realized it probably was a wolf. I was going to grab my binoculars, but then I thought that doesn't do you any good. You've only got five minutes of light left. It was getting dark. I reached up, slid the window open and i put that uh uh extra power six on my six five creedmoor that uh leupold uh i want to say it's a six to 24 on that leupold six five creedmoor and i look through that leupold glass but as i'm pulling the gun out and i'm shaking so bad and i'm so nervous and i really start speeding up my motion i bam the gun into the two by four. Oh god and it makes this bam sound and then i went oh too late now you made noise and i just slid the gun forward put it on the two by four ledge and i looked through that leupold scope and i could see a wolf looking at the blind because it heard that there was no question it heard that bang yeah right and i'm like oh i snicked that old safety off on that ruger and i said go right go left doesn't matter i've got you now as long as you don't turn around and walk straight away that was the only shot i wouldn't get and all of a sudden, I see what I think is movement going to the right, and I swing my gun to the right, and it was the tail. I could see the wolf's tail. I went, "Oh, it's a gray, it's a gray body." And then it starts walking out, and I go, "Oh, it's a wolf. This is a wolf. I finally see a wolf." And then I'm like, <laughs> "Good God, man, you're a professional. Calm down." <laughs> and you know, I put so much. It was such a pinnacle hunt for me. It was just a pinnacle moment. And I'm trying, it's those moments that define us. And I don't know if you guys, I've competed elk calling against Joel Turner. He's the one that came up with this shot IQ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've um, had Joel on the show before. Yep. Joel. Oh, well. Yep. So I've competed against Joel most of my adult life. And, and I really, I really bought into this shot IQ. I, I, in fact, I cured my target panic much like he talks about. I just never defined it as open loop, closed loop, all that. So if you've, You've had him on. You know the whole scenario. I'm trying to go to this smooth as steady, steady as smooth. I always talk to myself, here we go, big guy. You're going to pull the trigger now, and you're going to do it your way. Not panic, not anything else. Dude, that all left the building. I'm like, head, ass, head, ass. Don't hit the head. Don't don't hit the – put it right. And I put that crosshair right in the middle, and I yanked that trigger as hard as I've ever yanked the trigger on him. I so let myself – I so let myself down on the shot I do. <laughs> but that 6.5 Creed, I'm shooting the new 100-grain ELD VT Hornady ammo. Yeah. By the grace of God, I hit her dead center of the body, three inches below the spine, and that ELD, that 100-grain ELD VT bullet destroyed that wolf. And it was laying there. I remember going, I missed. I saw the bullet kick snow up. Yeah. 10 feet behind the wolf and i knew i'd shot over i just in my mind i'd seen daylight 
in that scope. 213 yards was the shot exactly. I see the snow kick up behind this wolf, and I rack that bolt, got it down. I'm looking for other wolves, looking for it running, you know, and then I, I scope down to the ice, and I can see this back laying there, and I could see the wolf biting a bone, a leg bone, that was part of the bait pile the day before, and she couldn't get up, couldn't move, couldn't do anything, and she died right there. And, guys, I cannot tell you the the emotion, the relief, um, I instantly dialed my wife's phone number. And, you know, when I talk to you guys, I've got this nice, easy voice. When I talk to my wife, I just shot a wolf. I think I sound like Mike Tyson when I do something really exciting. It's amazing. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. I just shot a wolf. Um, no, it was, um, you know, it was one of those pinnacle moments that uh, I, I can't really – I can't really explain it other than it was a life moment. Um, just like watching your kids being born, just like uh, marrying the love of your life. It was a pinnacle moment as a predator hunter. It it really meant a lot to me. And I called my wife. I, I told her I just shot a wolf. I got to go see if it's getting dark. I ran out there and, and, you know, there was the wolf laying there and, uh, I mean, I just flooded with emotions. I, I it was uh, uh, fourteen days in a blind. The last six days of total commitment, total concentration for eight hours in a cold environment, um, heat chattering, cold environments. That's hard to describe to somebody uh, until you go experience it yourself. And uh, it's just a pinnacle moment to know that I had voice howled, and uh, she had that preestrous you know, spotting going on. So I have a feeling she was ready to, to breed. I, I, I think she was looking for a male. It must make I you don't feel any- good about yourself that you sounded like a boy coyote, at least. A boy wolf. No, or, well, yeah, boy wolf. Know. Yeah. <laughs> and when I sent pictures to Tyler, he there he is in Harrisburg uh, starting the first day of the show, and I sent him those pictures, and he's like, dude, that is an awesome, awesome male wolf. And then I sent him the pictures and he goes, is that a female? That's the biggest female I've ever seen. And he knows how big I am. And when you see the pictures of me hugging that wolf and the wolf completely covers me up, um, she was the biggest wolf he'd ever seen. Jeez, and, awesome. uh, you know, lucky, a little bit, of, you know, mostly luck, a little bit of skill and enough moxie to stick my face out that blind and give a couple howls that probably weren't up to snuff as, as there is no wolf uh world coyote or world calling championships if there was i'd enter it yeah because uh, <laughs> as far as i'm concerned two weeks ago i won yeah we were just talking once we saw the post that you killed it we were talking about it and just we We've all like a dream of ours too, right? Like it would be a dream of ours to go. And you're like, how do you even hunt a freaking wolf? Like I know you can try to call him, like you were talking about at the beginning. That's what yep. you wanted to do. But yep. well, and that's what I had been doing, guys. Let's back up a little. Yeah. Um, you know, me and Tom Austin have been up to Island Park, Idaho, hunting these same genetic wolves from Alberta. We've been up there for five, six, seven years now. Tom did kill a yearling wolf. Um, three years ago, four years ago now, five years ago now, it's been a long time. And one day, me and Tom and Andrew Meyer from Foxborough, we put seven wolves on video 
in one day. And we shot at four or five of these seven wolves and never put any, never got a bullet into any of them, didn't touch any of them. And that's when I realized they are much faster than anybody gives them credit for. They are much uh, smarter than most people give them credit for. And that was, we were up there and a trapper friend, we, we, we met him at a, there was one restaurant in Island Park that we were going to. And uh, the trapper, the guy that puts the collars on the wolves for that area was there. And a buddy of his were trapping red fox coyotes and trying to trap these wolves to put collars on them. And uh, he was laughing at us. He's like, you boys, you just keep at it. Eventually you'll run into one. And then that trapper buddy of his calls us the next day and says, hey, I'm going to give you a solid. Come here. And he'd been putting these red fox carcasses. He'd been catching a bunch of red fox and a couple coyotes, and he'd started a carcass pile. Mm-hmm. And when he got there at 10.30 a.m., this big wolf was on his carcass pile. So he he gives us the coordinates of where to meet him. We meet him. He shows us his carcass pile. He has snares all around this carcass pile to catch more of the foxes and coyotes coming to this carcass pile. The wolf had come in and fed and had missed every one of his snares and he had scared it off and he said i have a feeling he'll come back tomorrow because he's totally eaten all these carcasses yeah and uh so the next morning we go in 30 minutes before light and we're there as it starts to get light and we just did a lone howl and waited about 10 minutes and then i started playing some distress some elk calf distress uh kid goat distress which sounds like fawn distress to me and then we waited another 30 minutes and played some rabbit. And then we did some more wolf howls. And and Tom really does a great job voice howling. And uh Tom looks at me and goes, Let's get let's go. Let's let's move up. I said, Tom, just give me 30 more minutes. I think if we sit here 30 more minutes, uh we we might be rewarded. And he said, We're burning daylight, that old uh, you know old saying line from the movie. Yeah. We're burning daylight. Got to get going. And and uh, so we walk all the way back to the truck, get in his Toyota, drive right around. There's the pile of carcasses. We go 100 yards, and there's the biggest wolf I'd ever seen jogging down the road straight at us. Oh. At 100 yards. Mm. Well, that turned into a Chinese fire drill because the first person I wanted out was Andrew so he could film. So Andrew gets out, starts filming. Uh, I hand Tom my 243 and that wolf was a hundred yards from us when we stopped 15, 20 seconds later, Andrew's on the wolf. Tom says, how far? I said, he can't be more than 300 yards. Tom shoots and that bullet hits five feet below the wolf's feet. I then picked the rangefinder up that was hanging on my neck and ranged the spot. He was at 480. He covered 380 yards in 12 seconds. Now, if me and you were to walk that 380 That's yards, insane. it was nothing but volcanic rock and sagebrush. It would break your ankles to get there, and it would take us 30 minutes to go that 380 yards. It was so rough and broken terrain, and that wolf covered it in about 15, 20 seconds. And that's when I realized this is a whole other animal. That's what. And so we missed this wolf. We missed this opportunity. Well, we had howled some wolves that night. We went to scout. We'd actually went up the road a mile and a half from this bait and howled and we had these wolves answer us and it was one of the first times i'd ever heard a wolf howl and it was it's the most awesome if you have never heard a wild wolf howl in the wild you have not lived it is the most awesome sound spine tingling exhilarating sound you will ever hear 
And so Tom wanted to get up further to where we'd heard these other wolves. Well, we drive through this wolf, miss him, drive up the road further. We know we've got more wolves up there, and it snowed three inches that night. So I'm looking at this wolf print on this huge wolf, and when I put my hand down, that wolf print was bigger than my hand on this wolf we had just missed. And we drive up the road, and dang if there isn't six wolves running this road. So we just start following. They can't be more than an hour ahead of us, and or two or three hours, because it just quit snowing, and there's no snow in their tracks. Right. And so we follow these rules down this road. Well, they go left through the sagebrush. We go down about another quarter mile, and there's a road going left. So we go left. We know if they go out in the valley, we'll cut their tracks. And we know if we go far enough, we can take another left. We go up far enough, take another left, go up there, never cut their tracks. So we know within this three or four miles of where these wolves are. Yeah. We've cornered them, and we pull to the top of this hill, and I said, shut it off, shut it off, shut it off. And he just shuts the – and we're in this Tacoma, Toyota Tacoma, so it's a fairly quiet rig. We get out, and we're glassing, and I look a 1,000 yards away, and I watch a wolf stand up and shake a little snow off of her, and she's got a big old collar on her, and she looks right up at us. At a 1,000 yards, she heard that engine noise. And I watched her open her mouth, and I couldn't hear anything because we were a thousand yards away. But she did some kind of, you know, just whined at him or something. All six other five other wolves stand up and shake off. And I go, oh my gosh, guys, there they are! And they start going for this hill, which was about oh a half mile from us. It's the tallest point on this whole huge basin. There's this one hill, and they're going for the top of it. And Tom goes, that road back there goes right to that top. And I said, let's go. And we run, jump in the truck, back up, go back off the hill. They couldn't see us. And we take off hauling for this knob. And as we pull up to the knob, five of the six wolves run right down in front of the Toyota, 75 yards in front of this truck. I jump out with my trusty 22-250 that I have shot. I probably shot... 500 coyotes with that one rifle alone and i put it on that wolf that's running by me and i know it's not the biggest wolf i know it's not you know i'm sure it's a yearling i'm sure it was a smaller i i didn't care <laughs> it was the closest wolf left i put that i led that wolf like i would shoot a coyote and i pulled the trigger and i saw my bullet hit 10 feet behind that wolf i have shot a lot of running coyotes i have hit a lot of running coyotes I have never seen my bullet be that far behind a coyote at that distance. Then I realized that wolf's going a lot faster than any coyote I've ever shot at. So I made an adjustment and I missed it by about 12 inches on the mm. second shot. On the third shot, I heard that bullet smack and that wolf never broke stride, never slowed down. And I never found not one drop of blood. And I know I hit that wolf with a 22-250 at about 250 yards running and never got anything with that 50-grain superformance. So I am not knocking that 50-grain superformance on coyotes, but I will never shoot that 50-grain 22-250 in the wolf again. Right. Yep. My minimum for a wolf now is a 6-5 Creedmoor. That's what we put those seven wolves, we put seven wolves on video in one day and never got any of them killed. That's what's wow. crazy is you hear about, obviously, we all know how smart a coyote can be, right? That's why we we enjoy coyote hunting so much uh, because yes. it's, it's, you know, you're, you're attempting to trick a predator. 
we have heard, we obviously have not experienced this because we've never hunted wolves, that when you go to hunt a wolf, it's just different because you, you think a coyote's smart and a, a wolf is just a whole different game. It's another, it's a whole nother level, you know, and you just saw my lab. She, she wants to be part of the show, guys. She, she hey, she can be part Absolutely. of the show. Yeah, she can no, be the star of the show. Guest appearance. <laughs> you can tell who the prima donna is. It's funny to me. Those non, those non hunters, the project coyote lady, Camilla Fox called me a, a, a Neanderthal animal. Oh no. For shooting coyotes. Oh goodness. Like I do. That's he just... probably doesn't know how much I love that lab, how much I love my animals around here, my decoy dogs. But yet I have no problem shooting a coyote or a wolf. I've seen what they do to wildlife populations. Mm. You know, and here a couple of years ago, well, last year, in fact, the Nevada, the nine members of the board on Nevada and the Wildlife Commission were deciding whether they were going to allow contest calling in Nevada anymore. And anyway, I got to call. It's a long story, long rip. But those nine people and the director get to decide, well, the director quotes Aldo Leopold and and then uh, talks about the North American wildlife model. And I called in and had my three minutes. And in that three minutes, I said, the only reason you have a North American, I quoted Aldo Leopold too. I said, and, and Aldo Leopold's quote I used, uh, the quote director Wasson for the Nevada Game and Fish said, if it's bad for wildlife or if it's good for wildlife, it's apparent. And if it's bad for wildlife, that's also apparent. So that's the quote he used from Aldo Leopold. The quote I used from Aldo Leopold is anybody that would use wildlife to promote a position is a fool. <laughs> so I quoted Leopold and then I told him the only reason you have a North American wildlife model director Watson is men and women like me went out and killed the predators that were eating your North American wildlife model and the, the livestock of the Western United States. And, uh, when people settled out here and anyway, they voted five to four to keep contests in Nevada, but we're going to lose it. Project coyote has $24 million dollars. And they're paying these directors, these people that have powerful positions in these wildlife boards, they're paying for their pet projects and stuff if they'll vote against contest calling. So it's a losing battle. When they have $24 million in the bank, you and me, even with these podcasts, even though we've got a lot of sportsmen and women, that we all believe the same thing, that what we're doing is honest, fair, and good for the environment, uh, it's going to be hard for you and me to come up with $24 million to fight Project Coyote as we go out and hunt these wolves and coyotes and bobcats and, and lions, you know, they're trying to do away with the mountain lion hunting and bobcat hunting in, in Colorado right now. There's a fight in Colorado. And, Can't and you just, just leave uh, us the ever live in hell alone? You yeah. know, uh, what's uh, funny is that the Nevada department of fish and wildlife was on the back page of their small game brochure. They were the number one sponsors of the chucker hunting contest in battle mountain, Nevada. <laughs> and I asked Director Walton, so it's okay to shoot the hell out of chuckers, but we can't go out and shoot the coyotes. And uh, he didn't know what to say to that either. Yeah. So, do you ever see that picture when they they recently released the the wolves in Colorado? There's a picture of the yeah. wolf. It's hilarious to me because there's a picture of the wolf running out of the trap, and all the right. people behind yeah. it they look like they know this is a giant mistake. They're just like, they no a gut punch yeah because yeah. 12 of the 12 wolves they've released nine of them were known cattle killers so everybody with cattle where they've released them knows those wolves are going to start eating their cows they were already doing it in, in in oregon where they got the transfer from Jeez. why would they release wolves that are already prone to eating cattle if i was a cattleman and i have 27 elk points 
in Colorado. If there's anybody out there that has more than 20 points in Colorado and wants to do a class action lawsuit with me, I've invested 27 years of my life to draw a premium elk tag in Colorado. And now they've released wolves in the areas. I want to draw this premium elk tag. I think I want to sue the, uh, the, I want to sue the U S fish and wildlife service. I want to sue the state of Nevada or Colorado for introducing cattle eating <laughs> wolves into a state where I've invested almost 30 years of my life trying to draw a premium elk tag. Yeah, how much money have you spent um, on getting all those points? You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Oh yeah. No, a minimum of $60 a year. So just total that up. Yeah. You know, yeah, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And they, I would, I would spend, I would spend, a, I'd be willing to spend a few grand more just to make them squirm in, in at the state of Colorado. Yeah. What'd you say, Andy? I mean, they know the damage that that, that they're going to do. I mean, there's there's statistics out there. There's science behind the damage they will do to the wildlife, to the cattle, but we ignore that. Well, just take, for instance, in the Larimer Valley, in 1996, they flew a helicopter. They counted 2,053 moose in the Larimer Valley, and that's that valley just, you know, north and a little bit uh, uh, west of uh, Yellowstone. Guess how many they, they flew that same helicopter out this year guess how many moose they counted 800 23 oh geez mm. you cannot draw shyrus the number one shyrus moose population in the world was there in uh in wyoming and now they won't even give you a tag to hunt there because they don't have any moose the wolves have decimated another buddy of mine fed 40 to sixty thousand elk at the refuge in jackson hole guess how many elk they fed this year how many Forty to 60,000 down to 1,300. Guess what the average age of those 1,300 elk are, and most of them are cows. Two. Eight and a half to 13 years old. Oh. There's no recruitment. So they're, so they're, not, they're yeah. getting all the calves, yeah. Yep. And, and if they are pregnant, they're having to run so hard to get away from wolves that they're aborting, they're, you know, and the calves aren't making it. So we're literally going to have to reintroduce moose and elk back into Yellowstone National Park after we kill all the wolves like we did and and they kept good records that they they say that's the same timber wolf those timber wolves from central canada are the same timber wolves that were here in yellowstone well those guys kept really good records the biggest wolf they ever killed in yellowstone weight wise was 90 pounds now the average is 90 to 130 pounds is what those wolves are weighing Jeez. and they're not the same wolf um it's it, it's the canadian central care you know ground central brush veld wolves that they brought in and uh they've decimated that hey i've always heard the rumor that uh the trapper that caught those original wolves that he tried to get the meanest and the baddest wolves he could to release in yellowstone i don't know if there's any truth to that it could it could could just been bullshit tyler knew knew the guy that trapped him he was just trying to catch wolves for him he got a lot of money he got paid a lot of money to put a wolf in a leg holding and not hurt it too bad so they could release it into Yellowstone. Okay. These are our leaders, people, making great decisions for us. You know? Yeah, with our with our tax dollars. You know, our veterans our veterans have to sleep on the street or in their cars, but if you come across the southern border, you instantly have health care and you can get a five thousand or ten thousand dollar EBT card. And, uh, the, and anywhere you want in the country. And they'll give you a cell phone and a free room and board. So all I hope is you boys are are storing ammunition like we are here in Utah because we're going to take this country back, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. 
You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's funny too because it's like the Project Coyote you were just talking about. I mean, <laughs> they. <laughs> They've got all this money, and they, you know, they won't leave coyote hunters alone. It sounds like in in uh, in your area or anywhere, probably. But, um, but you know, I don't ever see us no, they like just shut New York down too. I don't ever see us going after you know their ability to eat dirt or play with uh, you know their dumbass so toys. Cool. I mean, like, why why do we have to leave leave us alone? We're not hurting nothing. <laughs> like, we're actually helping. Did things. you see that? Did you see Ted Nugent? Ted Nugent did a thing on tofu. Anybody uh, who eats one pound of tofu a year killed more biomass than a hunter that killed three elk or three white tails. And you know, the, the amount of, of, uh, pesticide and stuff they need to grow tofu, beans, whatever it is they eat, that person has to kill way more biomass than we do just killing a few deer and elk a year yeah oh yeah or god forbid so. you get in your duramax or you know power stroke because it it kills the environment but yeah. if they get in that tesla that uses electricity like a son of a bitch that uses you know yeah. coal and, and things to generate that electricity that's fine that's fine you know with a battery out of with a battery Did out you of the lithium exactly yeah all this uh What's really funny is all this weather going across the country. You see all these electric cars, nowhere to charge them. When they show up, what are they running? Diesel generators. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for our mines, if it wasn't for our oil, if it wasn't for the coal, this country and and we're just going to have to fight for the right. And they're trying to do away with cash. They don't want us using cash. They want us all hooked to a card so they can shut our cards off, like uh, Trudeau did in Canada. All those truckers that. That uh, went up there and shut that road down. Trudeau just shut off all their e cards. They couldn't fill their rigs. So uh, fight that. We want to keep cash right. systems. And, and I want to know. I want more accounting of why why they're taking why sixty million goes to Ukraine and 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 uh, sixty billion goes to Ukraine and ten million shows up in Hunter's checking account. I want to. I want to see that shit. Right. Yeah. No. That's for sure. So uh, that got us off the. That got us off. Oh, the that's hunt, all right. The hunt of a lifetime, <laughs> circling, which was killing circling back wolf. to that wolf. So, what are you planning on? I mean, what can you do with it? Can you? We are you able to get it mounted, or or what works? What happens with Canada and and bringing another, it back home? That's another BS thing. If it's a coyote, I could roll it up and throw it in the back of my truck and come across the border and claim it at the border, and you know, U.S. they they take a look at it and and give me the right paperwork. If it was a bear. If you go to Canada and kill a bear, you can roll that bear hide up and the skull and bring it back in the back of your truck. If you shoot a wolf, you have to import it. Use an importer. It has to go to a taxidermist. The taxidermist has to make sure it's clean and clean the skull, and then you have to import it back into the United States to the tune of about $500 to $1,000 Jeez, to get it back, back in. You know, whose cousin was an importer that decided they were going to pull this BS on a wolf hide, <laughs> you know? Right. Jeez. That's all it boils so down to. But it's what totally you're saying is you're going to be at about a thousand dollars. Well, that's just to get it over here. So, exactly. are are you going to do like a full body mount? I'm assuming. No, I thought about. Um, I've got a bunch of hides. You can see these hides hanging right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to hang a wolf hide next to those to show everybody just how much more massive that wolf is than those big Alberta. Those are like, those are Canadian uh, coyote hides go. hanging there. And, uh, but, uh, 
And my next quest, uh, gentlemen, they just opened up a mountain lion hunting here in Utah. No tag requirements whatsoever. Ooh. So I am going to hug a mountain lion in the next next year. Nice. I'm going to I'm going to put a mountain lion on the ground this year. Hey. So from a wolf hunting perspective, from a wolf hunting pers- from What's a wolf that? hunting perspective for for new guys like us, what is something that you wish you knew when you first started trying to to call a wolf? You know, uh, there's no magic bullet. The most important thing calling wolves is being where the wolves are. And I think that's what that uh, hunting around a bait site or hunting where those wolves are feeding um, gives you an advantage right up front. So don't be opposed to a bait site. Um, Use those bait sites to your advantage and uh, call around those sites. Call around those open areas. Um, Seem to shoot for the downwind. So I would set up, uh, I would only put one person with the call. I would spread two or three guys downwind, 100, 200, 300 yards to catch those wolves circling to get the wind because it seemed to me last year when I was up there, I would call and then Tyler would get on his snow machine and drive around the day after I called. And he said, you know, you had three wolves circle right in 100 yards downwind of you, but when they smelled you, they took off. Really? Um, he could see their tracks in the snow. So, uh, hindsight being what it is, I think those wolves use their nose even more than a coyote does. So which that's is, just one man's opinion, which is a lot. So that's, that's what's, that's, what's crazy about it. Um, I got another question. So, and you don't have to tell us what you paid, but what is somebody, what should somebody expect if they wanted to get a guide? I'm sure you've talked to numerous guides. What's kind of a price range for something like that? You're forty five hundred to sixty hundred dollars for a good wolf hunt, and you're gonna you should expect to pay forty five hundred to sixty five hundred dollars for the opportunity of a lifetime up in Canada okay. to do this. And uh, some of the some of the guys run a lot of hunters. Um, I would shy away from the guy that runs a lot of hunters. I I want to find that guy like Tyler. Only takes four or five guys a year, and uh, is a hundred percent success. What are so, the What are the are, what are the areas in America that you can hunt them? You were just talking about Idaho, but we know you can't hunt them in uh, Yellowstone. Idaho, Montana, Wyoming. Idaho, Montana, Wyoming. Currently not in Utah, Oregon, Idaho, or Utah, Oregon, Idaho, Nevada. Um, the only states in the West are Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. And actually, I think um, in Wyoming, you, legal you can hunt them with the same damn tag you can hunt a coyote with. A coyote. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, unless it's around the park. Then there's some trophy areas that are a different area. Hmm. But you can be in Wyoming, and it's just a coyote. If you see it, you can shoot it. Was, the was, Red Desert, some of that country, lots of wolves, and open, you can go do it. Was there a uh, like a tag limit up in Canada? Like, Could you shoot as many as you could, or did you, you have a limit? Many. That tag is different. That's a wolf license, and and Tyler told me if I got a chance, shoot two. If I got a chance, shoot three. He doesn't put a limit on you. That's nice. Cool. That's cool. So that is awesome, man. I, yeah. I just I knew when we saw the picture, I'm like, I've got to hear this story, you know, because you just <laughs> obviously I no, I don't I'd see like a lot of it. I, stayed, I I could lie and say I was the coolest cucumber, coolest cucumber. Did it all right? No, it was JoJo the circus boy met Chinese fire drill when I shot that thing. Hey, like uh, I'm pretty sure I'm I'm getting this correctly from Teddy Roosevelt and the saying that you had us um, say at the beginning of the show 
but just like Teddy Roosevelt says, quit being a bitch and come on. You know? <laughs> right? No, <laughs> you don't want you don't want to live with those cold and timid souls that I got neither it. know victory or de- I got it. I think I nailed it. Be the guy that knows. <laughs> you you want to be that guy that sticks his head, sticks it, gets in the arena, gets marred by the sweat, the blood, and the tears. But when you you do come out victorious, gentlemen, um, you can rise, lift both arms in the air, and say, "I did it." And uh, I can say, "I did it." I am a wolfer official. I hugged a wolf. Um, I shoot you guys a picture of that wolf oh, over hell to yeah. you guys yep. and and absolutely that and the gator hunt and <laughs> michael wants the gator my, hunt. My, my, uh, my my goal for you guys is that you too will stand with those of us that know uh what it is to be victorious in that arena so it, it's a it's bucket list yeah it's in my top top three of hunts that i want to go on so uh it just kind of puts a little bit more wood in the fire really because i mean it does i I want to go so bad uh well it's just so weird because the long the longer time has gone on like the three of us sitting right here like we've been hunting elk now for you know a handful of years and none of us have killed one yet i mean we've we've unfortunately i just put my knife in number 800 i just put my knife in number 800 yeah. I, I was listening oh. to that last uh, Fox Pro podcast you did with John Collins, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I heard that. So that's awesome, man! Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. But it's like you know, yeah. that's that's a bucket list for us because we still haven't done it. But man, it's like the ki- the Western Coyote Tour that we want to go on. Yeah, and now a wolf. It's almost like they're like overtaking. And I never thought in my life that I would want to hunt coyotes. If I only got to go on one trip a year, I'd never thought I'd want to go hunt coyotes over elk. But it's starting to become that for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, true. I know guys that have quit. Those are awesome whitetails that are sitting above you guys. And I know guys that have hunted those big whitetails for years. And once they start hunting coyotes, those big whitetails seem to take a backseat to the guys hunting coyotes. I can take you to Wyoming. And you can sit on a stand where you could shoot a wolf or a coyote on public land in Wyoming. Let's go. Uh, let's book it. <laughs> <laughs> Say when. Yeah. I was Say just when. there a few months ago. <laughs> yep. Dude, uh, Al, dad that is. loaded 64 bales of hay. Okay. My dad loaded 64 bales of hay on his pickup truck and was dead the next day. He died at 58, abdominal aortic aneurysm. Um, went in and got x-rays. The x-rays, nine of the x-rays showed that aneurysm, and the radiologist uh, pointed it out in his re- in his report as scar tissue from previous surgery. Wouldn't you ask the guy when he had the surgery that you pointed out that it was the aortic wall stretching and you missed it, and my dad died. It ballooned to the size of a grapefruit and burst, and he died. And my dad had a lot of things he wanted to do. He was a young man at 58. I'm 57. Yeah. My grandpa died at 52. I've got no illusions of grandeur, boys. i got to get some of these a bucket list things done before time runs out and it's hard to chase those dreams when you got the kids and the jobs and the, you know you got those responsibilities but uh gentlemen i encourage you time waits for no man get your butts in a truck get your butts on a plane and go chase that dream because the dream won't chase you back gentlemen sounds like we're going on our coyote trip this year that's what it sounds like to me i like it <laughs> <laughs> um al man I, I, we appreciate you coming on so much and just telling the story um before we end it though why don't you tell everybody kind of like when 
I guess it's not on video because you were by yourself. So we won't have to worry about that being on video, but, um, you know, how people yeah. can uh, check out some of the stuff you're doing and, and where you're going. I know you talked about, you're going to be at the Western hunting expo this weekend. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, but what yep. do you got Friday, coming down Friday the pipe? 415. Yeah. Fr- Friday at 415, 515. I've got a seminar Saturday at 1230 to 130. Uh, the seminar rooms are free. Um, you just got to get in, in the salt palace, the old salt palace center there in salt Lake. Um, we are doing the new – what do you guys think of the new Fur Taker Resurrection Series on YouTube? Great. Um, Love it. I've we been... brought the Resurrection Series back. Um, we live on – at gofoxpro.com, uh, G-O-F-O-X-P-R-O.com, uh, or Honeybee on YouTube, Amazon Prime, Roku, uh, Carbon TV. Um, that's where you can see the latest. You're going to see this hunt I just talked about where the females were coming to the vocals, the males were pushing into the, to the rabbit distress. That's a whole nother podcast that we need to sit down and talk about gentlemen. And, uh, um, just go to gofoxpro.com And remember you have a choice when you buy that electronic predator collar. Um, why would you support China when you can buy that X 24? We've got the X 48, the X 360 that are coming out. They're going to be the best electronic predator calls ever made. Um, don't buy into this ultrasound thing coming out. Uh, ultrasonic sound can only travel in good conditions, 80 to 100 yards. If there's 30% humidity in the air, it'll only travel uh, 50 yards at the most in humidity. So don't worry about ultrasound. Um, the X360 will play it up to 40 hertz, but uh, ultrasound is so limited. Since the Fox Pro Perry Blaster 14 years ago, every uh, Fox Pro with a, a tweeter has been playing ultrasound. So, but we thought it was so limited in scope that we never brought it to the fore, forefront because it's nothing worth talking about. It's, it has no bearing on your coyote calling abilities. And we live at gofoxbro.com. We're the best electronic predator calls made in America by hardworking Americans right here in the USA. Hell yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, Al, do you ever like give motivational speeches? Cause right now I'm just like pumped, ready to run through a wall and go shoot coyotes and wolves, man. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I met a motivational speaker on the way back from Harrisburg and he, he let me read his book. And then I, I showed him some of what I was doing and I had, the, I had the motivational speaker all jacked up to go, uh, elk hunting and coyote hunting and wolf hunting with me. So, uh, when well, you, you motivated the motivational, motivational speaker. speaker. <laughs> yes. That's and awesome. they didn't live in a van down by the river. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, you know, it's just, we could have some fun, you guys. So uh, have me back on another podcast. We'll talk about what's working right now for coyotes. Hell yeah, for sure. we will. No doubt. For sure. And anytime you want to come to Missouri, man, we got some ground. We will we'll put you up. Whatever you want to do. I Whatever it'll so, take to I'm get you so down here. Do it For real. The door is open anytime. Just give us a call. Well, Okay, so here's the deal. You guys are coming west, and I'm going to take you out west, and then I'm going to come to Missouri and kill my first uh, – no, I take that back. I did shoot a coyote on Dave and Carmen's farm in Missouri there. Um, trying to think of that little town. Kirksville. Oh, yeah. Kirksville, up Missouri. North, up north. Yep. yep. We know that place. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's where uh, – when I worked for Hunter Specialties, you know, that's where but they it's, had their farm. It's close enough to oh. Iowa, so we're just going to call it an Iowa coyote that came down. And so it really wasn't mm-hmm. a Missouri down, coyote. Okay. So you still you still have that to, we're just to going do. To get, we're just going to have to get you and Corey Groff and have you guys meet in the middle and yeah. then just come hunt bobcats and coyotes with us. Have you seen the bobcats? He Corey's been laying down, dude. Lately. He, he every so damn day. So he ha- he has a gift. 
I don't know what it is, but he has a gift of just being there at the right place and just playing all the right you sounds. Know, that that dude. Pro, me and me and Corey Groff about froze to death at that Bass Pro 50th anniversary here a couple years ago there in the spring in April or whatever when we met there in Springfield, Missouri and, yep. and about froze to death. But uh, I'm going to go down there and help Corey too. I was uh, – I'm I met – Unfortunately, you were gone, but I, that's when I first met Corey. Was at that event. Um, him and yeah. I talk. Him and I talked for half an hour, and and um, he's like Al somewhere here, but he's out doing something. So I never got to meet you there. But uh, yeah, he's a good guy. Yep. But he he definitely uh, kills those kitties for sure and coyotes. But man, Al Morris, we appreciate you yep. coming on and uh, appreciate the guest host coming on and saying hi to us. What's her name? Yeah, that's what. Pointing Lab and and uh, Camilla Fox from Predator Coyote would not know that I love these animals as much as I love to shoot them. So, <laughs> so. yeah, we don't care what she thinks anyway. <laughs> yep. Well, all right, Al, we appreciate yeah, you coming cool. on, buddy. All right, guys, stay cool, stay awesome, and uh, let us know how we can help roll this boat around. All right, buddy, we'll see you. I know you boys are rowing it on your. Yeah, for sure. All right, later. Bye.